Welcome to Election Smelection. I'm Abby Tartellen and I'm here today to talk you through the Lib Dem Manifesto. This is the last of our nationwide party manifestos. Tomorrow we'll be walking through the Northern Ireland Party's manifestos. And so we're hoping by the weekend you might know who you're going to vote for on December 12th. So let's get right down to it. Liberal Democrats leader Joe Swinson opens the manifesto by saying that they want to stop Brexit. Um, She says, quote, we can make a better choice at this general election. People can choose to vote for a kind of government that will build the kind of country and society we deserve, where every person, community and our planet can thrive. Voters can choose what kind of country we are, open and generous or closed and selfish, end quote. She says they would stop Brexit and the Liberal Democrats would invest £50 in a Remain bonus into public services and tackling inequality. They would tackle the climate emergency by generating 80% of our electricity from renewables by 2030 and insulating all low-income homes by 2025. They want to recruit 20,000 more teachers as part of an extra £10 a year funding for schools. They also want to build a fairer economy by providing free childcare from nine months, although that's for certain people and we'll get into that a bit later, and giving every adult £10,000 to spend on skills and training throughout their life. They also want to transform our mental health services by treating mental health with the same urgency as physical health. A Liberal Democrat government will invest £11 in mental health, they say, to expand access to therapies and increase the number of psychiatrists and specialist mental health practitioners. They'll make mental health services 24-hour, including placing mental health liaison teams in all hospitals, so those facing a mental health crisis are not put in police cells. The first full section of their manifesto is on stopping Brexit. The election of a Lib Dem majority government on a clear stop Brexit platform, they say, will provide a democratic mandate to revoke Article 50 and stay in the EU. So this means that it's obvious that there isn't going to be a majority Lib Dem government because people haven't voted for them like that in the past 100 years. So... um, If the Liberal Lib Dems are in government, it will be as they were previously in a coalition, and they were in a coalition with the Tories previously, but it could be that they're in a coalition with Labour. So they say if they were to win outright and Joe Swinson were to become Prime Minister, they would revoke Article 50 and ignore the referendum um, on Brexit. Um, But if they were to enter a coalition, then they would campaign for a people's vote with the option to stay in the EU. So this is the second referendum that Labour and some of the other parties are promising, as well as if they made a coalition with the Tories, probably this would be the thing that they would ask for. They talk about a remain bonus of 50 million, by which they mean they perceive if we remain in the EU, the UK will earn an extra 50 billion in tax revenue over the next five years. Economists say this is fairly sound. Paul Johnson, director of the Independent Institute for Fiscal Studies, has said of the 50 billion figure, quote, we could expect the economy to be bigger if we were to remain, and this assumes a relatively modest effect, if anything, end quote, meaning that the bonus could actually be bigger. The next section is entitled Our Plan for a Stronger Economy. Uh, People who work hard and contribute to society should have good, fulfilling and well-paid jobs, they say. The failure of governments to invest in infrastructure and skills has undermined productivity and now the Conservatives threaten to make the vast majority of people poorer and punish business and enterprise through a hard Brexit. 
Throughout the Lib Dem manifesto, there's reference to the two major parties. And this makes sense because for years, the Lib Dems have been seen as the third biggest party until 2015, when the Scottish National Party became a decent competitor for third place. There is a repetition of the idea that both the big parties are trying to take us back in time, the Conservatives perhaps to the Victorian era and Labour to the 1970s, which as the child of the working class does irk me slightly because the 70s was an era where many were lifted out of poverty, given free education and a generation raised by the NHS and social housing built by the 1945 Attlee government came of age and took power into their own hands through the unions to demand fair working rights and pay. But the Liberal Democrats are the third largest party if you're not in Scotland. And so um, they are trying to pitch themselves as we're not the Tories, we're not Labour, we're the alternate choice. They say their priorities in the next parliament will be investing £130 in infrastructure, upgrading our transport and energy systems, building schools, hospitals and homes, empowering all regions and nations of the UK and developing the climate-friendly infrastructure of the future. They will also enable an adaptable, future-focused workforce, empowering individuals through the £10,000 for every one of them for adult learning. And they will introduce a well-being budget and base decisions for government spending on what will improve well-being as well as economic and fiscal indicators. They say opportunity and access to education, employment and services are not fairly spread around the country. This means that many people become stuck in insecure work in which they have no prospect of promotion. Um, there's a lot of talk in the manifesto about being the only party. And again, I think this is about trying to get people not to vote for the two largest parties. So they say Liberal Democrats are the only party looking to the future with a plan to kickstart a devolution revolution, which regular listeners will know isn't true, as both the Conservatives and Labour manifestos talk about devolving powers to the regions, as well as more obviously Plaid Cymru and SNP. And where devolution seems to be a popular promise to make in this election particularly, it's been a Green Party policy for a long time. Nevertheless, the Lib Dems policies are to give local authorities and regions the power to make decisions about their areas, to introduce a capital 50 billion regional rebalancing programme for infrastructure spend across the nations and regions of the UK, to continue to champion investment in the Northern Powerhouse and the Midlands Engine, to set an ambitious national industrial strategy to transform the economy and develop local industrial strategies too, to work with major banks to fund the creation of a local banking sector, to expand the British Business Bank to perform a more central role in the economy to ensure that viable small and medium businesses have access to capital, to support the tourist industry, which is vital for many local economies, by upgrading the status of tourism within the government, and creating a Department of Digital Culture, Media, Sport and Tourism with a designated Minister of State for Tourism. The Liberal Democrats want to take advantage of historically low interest rates to increase, increase borrowing for investment to build the economy of the future. They are committed to a responsible and realistic £130 billion package of additional infrastructure investment. Um, and they say it's responsible and realistic. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Which will prioritise... I'm also not not saying that but that's what they said, <laughs> which will prioritise significant investment in public transport, including converting the rail network to ultra-low emission technology, electric or hydrogen, by 2035, and a continued commitment to HS2, Crossrail 2, and other major new strategic rail routes. They also promise a programme of installing hyper-fast fibre-optic broadband across the UK and new direct spending on house building to help build 300,000 homes a year by 2024, including 100,000 social homes. 
They have an emergency 10-year programme to reduce energy consumption from all of the UK's buildings, cutting emissions and fuel bills and ending fuel poverty. And they promise capital investment in schools and hospitals, as well as £5 billion of initial capital for a new green investment bank to use public money to attract private investment for zero carbon priorities. They have a section on innovation within business where they also promise fibre broadband by 2022 rolled out across the UK, but not to nationalise it, so we would have to pay. Elsewhere, they make different promises on broadband, and I don't know whether these are exactly compatible, um, but we'll, we'll look at those in time. Um, they want to increase national spending on research and development to 3% of GDP and increase the Strength in Places Fund to boost research and development outside Oxford, Cambridge and London. They want to build on the industrial strategy developed by Lib Dem ministers in government, working with sectors which are critical to the UK's ability to trade internationally. They want to continue to support investment in new UK digital startups and support growth in the creative industries with tailored industry-specific tax support, promoting creative skills, supporting modern and flexible patent, copyright and licensing rules, and addressing the barriers to finance faced by small creative businesses. The Lib Dems manifesto is incredibly detailed, with 11 sections dedicated to the economy alone. So although I'm giving you as comprehensive as a review as I can in our time frame, I suggest you read the manifesto if you're interested in voting for them, as always. The Liberal Democrats want us to lead the world in ethical, inclusive new technology, including artificial intelligence, and say they will invest in education to equip people with the skills they need. To support small businesses, they will create a new startup allowance, Support fast-growing businesses seeking to scale up through the provisioning, provision of mentoring support. Prioritise small and medium-sized businesses in the rollout of hyper-fast broadband. Require all government agencies, contractors and companies with more than 250 employees to sign up to the prompt payment code, making it enforceable. Ensure that the company at the top of a supply chain cannot abuse its posi position at the expense of smaller suppliers. Finance the tra transformation of town centres by expanding the future high streets fund and help protect our high streets and town centres by scrapping the rule which allows developers to convert offices and shops into residential properties without planning permission. They say business can be a force for good in our economy. We need thriving business to create wealth and a model of responsible capitalism, they say, generates good jobs, shares prosperity and sees businesses promote rights and protect the environment. And here once again they say that that only the Liberal Democrats truly understand that. To encourage businesses to be sustainably managed, the Liberal Democrats want to strengthen work participation in decision-making and introduce a duty of care for the environment and human rights. They also have a promise that's quite like something in the Labour Manifesto, to encourage employers to promote employee ownership by giving staff in listed companies with more than 250 employees a right to request shares, to be held in trust for the benefit of employees. In terms of taxation, they want to scrap the marriage tax allowance, bring corporation tax back up to 20% from the Tory rate of 17, abolish the separate capital gains tax-free allowance and instead tax capital gains and salaries through a single allowance. From the looks of things, this is also similar to a Labour policy which talks about making sure that the wealthier don't pay less tax than an average worker. But I'm wondering whether it's worded a little bit differently so it doesn't look the same. You'll find as we go through, and I'm sure you've realised this already listening to all of the manifestos, that lots of the parties have quite similar visions for the future of the UK. But there are some places where they differ. The Liberal Democrats promise to establish an independent review to consult on how to set a genuine living wage across all sectors. 
They say that they will pay this living wage in all central government departments and their agencies and encourage other public sector employers to do likewise. This is a little bit different than guaranteeing a national minimum wage, which would mean that private companies as well as all public sector companies had to comply with this. The Liberal Democrats promised to establish a powerful new worker protection enforcement authority to protect those in precarious work, change the law so that flexible working is open to all from day one in the job, modernise employment rights to make them fit for the age of the gig economy, including by establishing a new dependent contractor employment status status in between employment and self-employment, with entitlements to basic rights such as minimum earnings levels, sick pay and holiday entitlement. They promised to review the tax and national insurance status of employees, dependent contractors and freelancers to ensure fair and comparable treatment, set a 20% higher minimum wage for people on zero-hour contracts at times of normal demand to compensate them for the uncertainty of fluctuating hours of work, and give a right to request a fixed hours contract after 12 months for zero hours and agency workers, not to be unreasonably refused. They also want to strengthen the ability of unions to represent workers effectively in the modern economy, including right of access to workplaces. In terms of adult education, the Liberal Democrat government will put in £4,000 at the age of 25, 3000 at age 40 and 3000 at age 55 to make up that ten grand sum for you to spend on skills and training. They would expand the apprenticeship levy into a wider skills and training levy to help prepare the UK's workforce for the economic challenges ahead with 25% of the funds raised by the levy going into a social mobility fund targeted at areas with the greatest skill needs. They would also develop national colleges as centres of expertise for key sectors such as renewable energy. In Responsible Finances, our plan for the future is built on responsible management of the country's finances, the Liberal Democrats say, stopping Brexit and using the increased revenue from a bigger economy to invest in services, tackle the climate emergency and invest in transport and energy infrastructure. They promise to end the continual erosion of local government funding and commit to a real increase in that funding throughout the Parliament. They promise to ensure overall national debt continues to decline and protect the independence of the Bank of England and keep the inflation target of 2%. It's refreshing to see they have a well-being section. I think one of the other parties had this earlier on in the week, but I've read so many now, they're all merging together. So maybe you can tell me, leave me a message in the Anchor app. Um, the Liberal Democrats manifesto says there is no more fundamental purpose for government than supporting people to expand their quality of life and they will introduce a well-being budget to help with that following the example of New Zealand and basing decisions on what will improve well-being as well as on economic and fiscal indicators. They will also appoint a minister for well-being and provide access to high-quality mental health and other health services. Their plan is for schools that build emotional resilience and properly prepare our children for work and relationships, and they will reduce adverse childhood experiences. Listeners will remember this phrase from the Plaid Cymru Manifesto episode where it was referred to by the acronym ACE. Um, they will prevent those experiences by investing further in services during pregnancy and the first two years of a child's life. This feels positive to me, but I'd like to know specifics of how they intend to do that. We're now moving on to section two of the manifesto entitled Our Plan for Better Education and Skills. 
They will not be offering any lengthening of maternity leave, but instead start with what they term a, quote, bold offer, end quote, of free childcare from the age of nine months for children with parents who are both in work. And for everybody else, meaning where one parent or both don't work, they will offer free childcare from the ages of two to four. That's 48 weeks a year, 35 hours a week. The Liberal Democrats will invest £1 billion a year in children's centres to support families and tackle inequalities in children's health development and life chances. They'll triple the early years pupil premium to one grand. require all early years settings to have a training programme for staff with the majority of staff working with children to have a relevant early years qualification or be working towards one. And in the long run, they want each early years person to have a setting to have at least one person qualified to graduate level. They will also introduce baby boxes in England as advocated by the Royal College of Midwives to provide babies and parents with essential items to help with health and development. They will reverse cuts to school funding, allowing schools to employ the extra 20,000 teachers and reduce class sizes, restoring them to 2015 levels. They will invest to clear the backlog of repairs to school and college buildings, end the crisis in special educational needs and disabilities funding by allocating additional cash to local authorities to halve the amount that schools pay towards the cost of a child's education, health and care plan, and they'll introduce a curriculum for life in all state-funded schools. What they mean by this is they'll include personal, social and health education, financial literacy, environmental awareness, first aid and emergency life-saving skills, mental health education, citizenship and age-appropriate relationships and sex education in schools. They will also teach about sexual consent, LGBT relationships and issues surrounding explicit images and content. They say parents should get the full picture of how their school is doing and primary schools cannot be properly measured by just one week of tests. There must be robust inspections that measure social and emotional development alongside attainment. Ending teaching to the test by scrapping mandatory SATs and replacing existing government performance tables of schools with a broader set of indicators is their priority. They would protect the availability of arts and creative subjects in the curriculum and act to remove barriers to pupils studying these subjects, including by abolishing the English baccalaureate as a performance measure. In secondary schools, they say the fragmentation of the education system with more than half of secondary schools and one quarter of primary schools in multi-academy trusts has led to a lack of accountability to local communities. There is competition rather than cooperation between schools with some operating unfair admission systems and off-rolling, meaning excluding pupils, with special educational needs and disability or those unlikely to succeed in examinations. They say, quote, with academies standing outside the oversight of local authorities and many MAT schools not even having a local governing body, parents are finding it increasingly difficult to raise issues with schools and there is little evidence that the children's voice is heard. End quote. To combat this, they would give local authorities responsibility for education, create a level playing field by requiring MATs to undergo external inspection and allowing local authorities to open new community schools where needed and oppose any future expansion of grammar schools. For teachers, they would raise the starting salary to 30k and increase all teachers' pay by at least 3% per year throughout the Parliament. They would introduce a clear and properly funded entitlement to genuine high-quality professional development for all teachers, rising to the level of 50 hours per year by 2025. They will also give extra training to teachers who are required to teach subjects at secondary level, where they themselves do not have a post-A-level qualification. 
In a section called Children and Families Ready to Learn, the Lib Dem Manifesto states, quote, education doesn't begin and end at the school gates. A love of learning could be nurtured from early childhood and continue throughout life. However, our young people are some of the most anxious and unhappy in the world, end quote. To combat this, the Lib Dems want to extend free school meals to all children in primary education and to all secondary school children whose families receive universal credit, as well as promoting school breakfast clubs. They want to ensure all teaching staff have the training to identify mental health issues and that schools provide immediate access for pupil support and counselling. They would ensure there is a specific individual responsible for mental health in schools. They would also give schools a statutory duty to promote the well-being of their pupils as part of the inspection framework. They would tackle bullying in schools by promoting pastoral leadership and delivering high-quality sex and relationships education. They would require inclusive school uniform policies that are gender-neutral and flexible enough to suit different budgets, challenge gender stereotyping and early sexualisation, working with schools to promote positive body image and break down outdated perceptions of gender appropriateness of particular academic subjects. They would also include teaching about how to use social media responsibly in the Curriculum for Life. On universities, the Lib Dems would reinstate maintenance grants for the poorest students and establish a review of higher education finance in the next parliament to consider any necessary reforms in the light of the latest evidence of the impact of the existing financing system on access, participation and quality. They would ensure all universities work to widen participation by disadvantaged and underrepresented groups across the sector. In a section titled Access to Culture and Sport, they say they'll maintain free access to national museums and galleries and move towards safe standing at football clubs, support anti-racism and anti-homophobia campaigns in sport, protect the independence of the BBC and set up a BBC licence fee commission, maintain Channel 4 in public ownership and protect the funding and editorial independence of Welsh language broadcasters. They say they'll protect sports and arts funding via the National Lottery and examine the available funding and planning rules for live music venues and the grassroots music sector, protecting venues from further closures. In a section entitled Our Plan for a Green Society and a Green Economy, they say, If we fail to act, millions of people at home and abroad will suffer the impacts of floods, storms and heat waves, rising food prices and the spread of diseases. The global financial system will be destabilised, poor countries could collapse and the number of refugees will soar. In this section, the manifesto goes on the attack a little, again at the two largest parties, calling both of their ideas about climate change, quote, not only morally indefensible, but economically illiterate, end quote. Climate change and the collapse of natural systems are huge crises, but, the Lib Dems say, they also represent a massive opportunity to create a different future where people breathe clean air, drink clean water and use clean energy, where communities and industries live in harmony with nature, not at its expense. We need a new government, they say, with the vision and the will to seize that opportunity. Quote, Liberal Democrats offer a new plan to innovate, innovate our way out of crisis, to mobilise every community in the country and the resources of both the public and private sector to achieve it, to turn the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution into the home of the new Green Revolution, end quote. And of course, if you've stuck with me through the entire podcast series, you'll know there are at least two of the manifestos that talk about a green revolution. The Green Party, who call it the Green New Deal, and the Labour Party, who call it the Green Industrial Revolution. Plaid Cymru and the SNP have similar plans. So it feels, again, a little ironic that the Liberal Democrats are once again presenting themselves as the only option for sanity and future vision. 
They also get more scathing than I've read in any manifesto so far by calling the other party's aims for net zero greenhouse gas emissions, which range from 2025 to the 2030s, quote, a Dutch auction of fantasy dates, end quote. The Liberal Democrats' aim is 2045. Their first priorities in the next parliament will be an emergency programme to insulate all Britain's homes by 2030, cutting emissions and fuel bills. Investing in renewable power so that at least 80% of UK electricity is generated from renewables by 2030 and banning fracking for good. Requiring all new homes to be fitted with solar panels. Protecting nature and the countryside, tackling biodiversity loss and planting 60 million trees a year. They will invest in public transport, electrifying Britain's railways and ensure all new cars are electric, electric by 2030. They would also support investment and innovation in cutting-edge energy technologies, including tidal and wave power, energy storage, demand response, smart grids and hydrogen, and provide an additional £12 over five years to support these commitments. As you can see as we read, lots of these proposals have been in the other manifestos as well. And so if you're really interested in the climate, I'd suggest going and just comparing the climate parts of each manifesto side by side, and then maybe looking at... The party's history and voting record on climate change. In a section on green industry, they say UK low-carbon businesses already have a combined turnover of 80 billion and directly employ 400,000 people, and under their proposals, these will grow. So they promise a raft of things, providing more advice to companies on cutting emissions, expanding the, mar- expanding the market for green products and services with steadily higher green criteria and public pu- procurement policy, My question here is over a five-year term in government, if you do something steadily, how much does it actually change, particularly when it doesn't impact the private sector? And so under Lib Dem rule won't impact, for instance, those who supply gas and electric to households across the UK. They would ban non-recyclable single-use plastics and um, do the EU, stick to the EU right to repair legislation as well as some of the other parties. Um... They would establish a statutory waste recycling target of 70% in England. And in a section called Saving Nature in the Countryside, um, they say they'll support farmers to protect and restore the natural environment, introducing a Nature Act supported by funding streams of at least 18 billion over five years, um, invest in large-scale restoration of peatlands, heathlands, woodlands, salt marshes, wetlands and coastal waters, and reduce basic agricultural support payments to larger recipients and redeploy the savings to support the public goods that come from effective land management. They'll significantly increase the amount of green space, exploring a right to roam for waterways, completing the coastal path, and creating a new designation for national nature parks. They'll give the local green space designation the force of law amongst a a raft of other... um, Promises including establishing a blue belt of marine protected areas and a £5 billion fund for flood prevention and climate adaptation. They would also increase the department, the budget for the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, ensuring that Natural England and the Environment Agency are properly funded. In terms of transport, they promise what a lot of the other parties promise in terms of electric transport, public transport. Um, making sure by 2030 every new car and van sold is electric and um, placing a far higher priority on encouraging walking and cycling. Um, They want to pass a Clean Air Act and shift more freight from road to rail and reduce the climate impact of flying by taxing those who fly the most and reducing costs for those who take one or two flights per year. Um, 
They will support HS2, Northern Powerhouse Rail, East West Rail and Crossrail 2 and uh, create a new railways agency. Um, they move on to health and well-being and say leaving the EU would pose serious threats to the NHS and social care systems. So they want to raise £7 million a year to support the funding for the NHS by putting 1p on income tax, um, commission the development of a dedicated progressive health and care tax offset by other tax reductions, and have a they have a dedicated mental health care section in their manifesto with many promises for what they'd do if they came to power, making prescriptions free for people with ongoing mental health concerns, 24-hour mental health services, tackling mental health in schools and unis, putting funding into supporting mothers to prevent postnatal depression. So do read that section if you're interested in mental health care provision. Um, they talk about access to care and ensuring that people can access GP appointments close to home and perhaps do video calls if that's appropriate. Um, they say the number of family carers is rising and they will introduce statutory guarantee of regular respite breaks for unpaid carers, provide a package of carer benefits such as free leisure centre access and a few more things, raise the amount people can earn before losing their carer's allowance from £123 to £150 a week. Um, this rise in the number of, of unpaid carers um, is interesting and has probably come about because of cuts. And I think these suggestions are positive, but the question has to be asked, how are we tackling the fact that some people are forced into doing unpaid care work where they might not want to? Um, and if we are going to rely on people to take care of elderly or sick relatives, then why not offer them a maternity-style leave since the job, arguably, is just as arduous? Um, they have a section called help to stay healthy, encouraging people to prevent disease by staying healthy in the first place. Um, and they have some suggestions for tackling childhood obesity um, and having free school meals for children whose families are on benefits as well as delivering what they call a well-being hour to these same children so they ha that they have an hour free a day of activities to improve their health and well-being like clubs or sports. Um, they would uh, introduce a new levy on tobacco companies um, introduce minimum unit pricing for alcohol, review on the basis of evidence any unscientific and discriminatory practices aimed solely at LGB LGBT people, such as blood donations, and ensure PrEP was fully available to all who need it on the NHS. Um, on drugs, they will divert people arrested for possession into treatment and impose civil penalties rather than imprisonment, and help to break the grip of the criminal gangs, they say, by introducing a legal regulated market for cannabis. Um, they will also encourage and support more clinical trials of cannabis for medicinal use to establish a clear evidence-based evidence base, and in the meantime, allow those who feel that cannabis helps to manage their pain to do so without fear of prosecution. On reproductive rights, they decriminalise abortion across the UK, and enforce safe zones about around abortion clinics. Um, they have a plan to build a fair society, they say, and um, they would reform universal credit in order to do that, um, to be more supportive of the self-employed, is what they say. They would remove the two-child two child limit and the benefits cap and invest six billion a year to make the benefits system work for people who need it, reducing the wait from five weeks to five days for the first benefits payment. Um, abolish the bedroom tax, reinstate the independent living fund, radically overhaul the bereavement allowance and um, 
introduce a principle of universal access to basic services. Um, so they also say they'll adopt a public health approach to serious violence, and that's about preventing knife crime um, with youth work and preventative work. In terms of pensions, they'll support the WASPy women and retain the triple lock on the basic state pension, um, but no mention of minors as far as I can see. Um, on homes, they'll build at least 100,000 homes for social rent and ensure, they say, I, I think they're going to encourage private building, that total house building increases to 300 grand each year. Um, they're devolving full control of right to buy to local councils and introducing a rent-to-own model where people can rent and own a home outright after 30 years in it. Um, they'll also allow local authorities to increase council tax up to 500% where homes are bought as second homes. To improve social renting, they'll set clearer standards for homes that are socially rented, require complaints to be dealt with in a timely manner, um, and fully recognise tenant panels. They have a section on supporting rural and coastal communities that focuses on bus links and internet provision and a section on homelessness that says they will scrap the Vagrancy Act and introduce a somewhere-to-stay legal duty to ensure that everyone who's at risk of sleeping rough is provided with emergency accommodation. Um, they will end the disproportionate use of stop and search. Um, this is in talking about ending violence. Um, they'll prevent violence against women and girls and domestic abuse their plan for that is to legislate for a statutory definition of domestic abuse that includes its effects on children establish a national rape crisis helpline um in on crime as well they'll replace police and crime commissioners with accountable police boards made up of local councillors and stop brexit and maintain the european crime fighting tools like europol the european arrest warrant and direct access to shared police databases um, they have a section on human rights um, that talks about fixing the broken immigration system and giving asylum seekers the right to work after three months in the UK and resettling 10,000 unaccompanied refugee children in the UK over the next 10 years. They also want to immediately halt the use of facial recognition surveillance by the police, introduce a right to no-fault divorce, extend limited legal rights to cohabiting couples and can um, remove the spousal veto in terms of equal marriage allow those marriages that were dissolved solely due to the gender recognition process to be retrospectively restored and enable the Church of England and Church in Wales to conduct same-sex marriages as well as introducing the legal recognition of humanist marriages. They want to tackle hate crimes by making them aggravated events, uh, offences, provide funding for protection around places of worship, reform the Gender Recognition Act to remove the requirement for medical reports, the fee and to recognise non-binary identities. Um, they would also introduce an X on passports. They would introduce a BSL Act to give British Sign Language full legal re recognition, uh, remove VAT on sanitary products and provide them for free in many places, require schools to introduce gender-neutral uniform policies and outlaw caste discrimination. They will increase statutory paternity leave from two weeks up to six weeks, extend the Equality Act to all large companies, and extend the use of name-blind recruitment processes in the public sector. Um, they want to establish a national fund for projects that work in schools to raise the aspirations of ethnic minority children and young people. And um, they have a section called Our Plan for Better Politics, 
obviously this is very interesting to this podcast, they would introduce proportional representation through the STV for electing MPs. Remember, we learned about that in the What is First Past the Post and What are Other Voting Systems episodes. They'll give 16 and 70-year-olds the right to vote. And again, we learned about that in the Who Can Vote episode. They extend the right to voting to all EU citizens who have lived in the UK for five years or more. And they'll introduce a legal requirement for local authorities to inform citizens of the steps they must take to be successfully registered and scrap plans to require voters to bring ID with them to vote, reform the House of Lords with a proper democratic mandate, enable Parliament rather than the Queen to approve when Parliament is prorogued, um, and ensure that a new Prime Minister must win a confidence vote of MPs. They want to take a zero-tolerance approach to harassment and bullying in Westminster, legislate to allow all BAME and all LGBT shortlists, and require political parties to publish candidate diversity data. They will also seek to devolve more power to local communities, promote engagement in politics. And here there were some interesting polities, including expect the BBC to provide impartial news and information and to take a leading role in increasing media literacy and educating all generations in tackling the impact of fake news. This is a policy that um, interests me and worries me um, because sadly i would say in my opinion the institution of the bbc is far away from being impartial um, at this point in time the lib dems also want to work towards radical real-time transparency for political advertising and you'll know if you've been following the news a bit that the tories have been accused of putting out quite a few fake adverts They talk about the fact that they want Scotland and Wales to be part of the UK and they want to write a written federal constitution for the UK. And that's the Lib Dem manifesto. Listeners won't be surprised to hear me say I really enjoyed their section on democracy and opening up the vote to more people. Uh, What what irked me was having to read the Liberal Democrats are the only party that can fix things over and over again. Um... This reiteration of the idea that they're the only party, even though, as we've seen, they have quite similar ideas to at least five of the other major parties running in this general election, felt to me quite manipulative, as if they are trying to sell something by repeating it so many times the reader comes to believe it's true. Still, that's only my opinion, and soon it will be time for your opinion. So if you know how you're voting and you want to tell me, or if you don't know how you're voting, you want to tell me why, please leave me a voicemail on the Anchor app. I'll be putting together an episode towards the end of the election cycle, just before the vote, to put out to see how everybody is feeling. I do think, though, that you have to look at a party's record as well as their manifesto, and the Liberal Democrats have recently been in government. Their track record there wasn't in keeping with the ideals outlining this manuscript, They have on occasion voted for austerity measures such as the rise in student fees. And if you're considering voting Lib Dem, I would suggest looking into the voting records of your own local candidate for MP to figure out how that particular person is in line with your beliefs and with this manifesto. It's strange, but within any of the parties we've been talking about, there are MPs with very different views and very different voting records. In several constituencies, the Liberal Democrats are the only real challenge to the Conservative government, so they can be thought of along those lines as well. Did you like the Liberal Democrats' manifesto? Did you not like the Conservative manifesto? We'll be talking more about this kind of thinking in our tactical voting episode on Friday. Thanks for listening.